Hello and welcome to the Sky Time Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. It's also a celebration of Sky's vibrant history, culture and environment and aims to gently persuade visitors to spend more time, get off the beaten track and experience more of what our island has to offer. This edition of the Skytime podcast is focused on the employment challenges facing the tourism and hospitality industries. As we've seen throughout the summer and autumn, businesses have struggled to recruit and retain enough staff to enable them to offer high standards of customer service. In some cases, businesses have taken the hard decision to reduce their opening hours and days. It's a complex problem that will require solutions from all sorts of quarters. My Skytime guest may be one small part of the solution. Nigel Patterson is the Business Development Manager at West Highland College. The college wants to work with Sky Hospitality businesses to fill some of the employment gaps. Welcome to Skytime. Good afternoon, Simon. Thanks for inviting me on. Now, firstly, how have we got to this situation where we have an abundance of jobs and not enough people to fill them? Well, I think I mean I think there's a lot of contributing factors. The, the, the major one would the major one is the obvious one that there's that there is not the uh, the migrant workforce available to the hospitality industry that has been for the past decade, couple of decades. Uh, and the other mitigating circumstances, I think, the sector hospitality and tourism is maybe not seen as something where you would embark on a career and simply have a job. So I I think there's an opportunity in, in that statement. That's something we'll come back to, the, the education piece, if you like, about the value yeah. of hospitality as a career. But um, what about COVID? Do you think that that's put people off from working in the industry, being in close contact with people on a regular basis? Yeah, there's no question. If you look at the majority of vacancies in hospitality and tourism and retail, and there's, there's, it's no coincidence that because of COVID, people are less likely to want to engage one other significant issue on Sky in particular, but it does affect other areas, is the is the housing issue. It's the case that people may want to come and take work on Sky, but they just can't find uh, anywhere affordable to live. Do you think that's having a significant impact too? Uh, absolutely. In, in terms of uh, attracting skilled uh, skilled workforce into into the West Highlands, the, the lack of available housing is is a is a major factor. Uh, I know for the businesses I'm engaging with, on one occasion, uh, one vacancy had to be advertised three times. But although they appointed in each occasion, the candidate withdrew because they couldn't find suitable accommodation. And so many employers now are taking the matter into their own hands and investing huge sums of money in providing accommodation themselves. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a good model, but it's only a good model if you can afford to do that. Some of the businesses I'm talking to are trying to develop a, an, an offshore model your staff would come in and work for seven days in, in temporary, 11 temporary accommodation and essentially go home for seven days or 10 days. So similar to the, you know, the fortnight on fortnight off scenario that you, you associate with working in the North Sea. But presumably it needs some long-term thinking as well and that, uh, you know, governments and local authorities need to get involved in terms of the provision of a volume of affordable housing. I, I would go further than that, Simon. See, I think... The government, local authority, you know, the destination organisation, all the employer organisations, everybody needs to be around the table because I think everybody's involved in that conversation. It's 
it's it's not just a standalone for one sector; it's cross-sectoral. So we need to have everybody around the table to, to make sure government and the, the correct agencies understand the magnitude of the issue. I'm sure we'll cover housing in much more detail in a, a future Skytime podcast, but let's talk specifically about your area of expertise from West Highland College and, and educating young people. And let's go back to a point you made right at the beginning, um, the attractiveness of hospitality as a career. Why do we get it so wrong in this country compared to the continent or America even? Yeah, I think there's a... Again, I think there's a, a misconception about the sector in general and the, the association with the type of jobs that are available, you know, long hours, split shifts, and, and many occasions, min- minimum wage. Uh, and as you rightly point out, abroad, uh, it's, it's actually seen as a very lucrative and worthwhile career. That, uh, you know, the career path in front of you, you can come in at entry level, coming as a, coming as a room cleaner and end up as the managing director. And, uh, you know, Stephen, Le- Stephen Leckett, Keith, uh, the Hydro Group of Hotels is very keen to tell you he started as a chambermaid at the People's Hydro and worked his way up and obviously owns the company now. I think there's an opportunity for the sector to step back and evaluate and look at how they they present themselves. You know, in a similar way to what aquaculture did about five years ago, the whole aquaculture sector stepped back and thought and looked, why are we not getting people to come and work for us? We offer good contracts, good salaries great conditions, but still we, we can't attract people to the sector. So, you know, the, the, a lot of effort's been put into showing the career paths and the range of jobs available and how you can progress through the sector with different companies. So I, I just wonder if a similar opportunity should be explored within sort of tourism and hospitality. So what can West Highland College do to help? And, and firstly, how successful are you at placing students with, with Sky Businesses? If I, if I may start by answering it as what, what I actually do and what I can do, I think that'd be the best the, the best way. So my role as business development manager for West Island College, UHI, is quite similar to, to engage with business and to listen to them. I'm not there to sell anything. You know, we're not there to try and sell you and make you take courses from us. We, we just want to listen to you and look to assess what your needs are and, and look at, look at what we deliver and how we deliver it. So, I mean, as you talked about solutions there, so there's short, medium and long-term options. A good example would be the agriculture sector with the feed plant at Kyle. We knew that there was a certain skill set where we needed. So three years ago, we invested in training to make sure that we could meet the demands and upskill the people that would be applying for the jobs in, the, in, in that area. So I'm, what I'm currently doing is working with, with Sky Connect, with the, the project manager, Alistair Danter, Stuart McPherson from Highlands and Islands and Enterprise, and, and we're actually doing a series of meetings with local businesses, you know, structured meetings, and I'm, I'm, I'm basically going to be going and saying, like, what, what is it you need? What do you think you need? And how can we help? You know, because I think there'll be a lot of common themes there because that's what's came across quite strongly. So that, that will allow us to shape, you know, the, the future curriculum delivery, our current vocational delivery in, in terms of work-based learning, the type of modern apprenticeships and SVQs, and also our sort of commercial short courses. And when when we realise, when we see that there is that commonality, that we can actually deliver up here on, on the island, I, I think we'll get a wee, uh, get a wee bit more uh, momentum than what we're currently get, getting, you know, because uh, in many ways, I think the businesses in the island are quite short-changed with the lack of available uh, available training. There always seems to be a premium has to be paid for, for getting it delivered here. And I think that's wrong. And I think the college 
can creatively help there. So what level of engagement have you had from businesses and and, and how much of a, a gap do you think there is between what they want in terms of the training qualifications of people they take on and, and what you're able to offer at the moment? There is a massive gap between the employer expectation and the reality of, of what's available in terms of training. Uh, and when you suggest to a business they might have to lose a member of staff for a day a week to attend college or to attend a training center to, to, to get the skills you've lost the business right away so what i'm doing just now is actually saying well the type of things that we, we're going to deliver and wanting to de- deliver in the next couple of years will be either fully based in the workplace so we will send the staff to the workplace to, to work with the staff there or at the very very uh, least Anything we do do offer that you need to come into the campuses for will be delivered from the end of October to the beginning of March in the shoulder months, which traditionally should be the quieter, the quieter period, Simon. So what I'm really trying to say there is what we want to do is deliver, but deliver in a manner that suits, suits the local businesses and not that suits the college. That's a fantastic idea that you can actually move away from um, the traditional a- academic timetable to actually fit yeah. in with a business timetable. A good example is, you know, we've offered certain courses in the past, but they start in August and finish in June, but the staff are needed till the end of October and needed again prior to April. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to say, well, what's step back and say, well, why weren't we getting an uptake? It's obvious why we weren't getting an uptake because the staff didn't want to start because they were still working. So it's a bit, as I say, the, the important thing is listening to the business and seeing when we can deliver and it may be that we offer night classes as well, as opposed to daytime release of that, you know. So you may you may come into the campus or, you know, with our blended learning and our remote delivery, you can actually be sitting at home and, and doing what you need as well. There's, there's many options. So I don't, want, I don't want to sort of go down one particular path, but what we're keeping to explore is all the options and come back with the best offer for local businesses. And for people considering going into this industry and looking to get some training courses, give us a flavour of the types of courses and and training programmes that you you offer that's relevant to the hospitality sector. Well, obviously, we we offer the the full-time professional cookery course if you're coming in at entry level, leaving school, an adult returner, something that's going to give you a recognised qualification that that will allow you to go straight into the workplace. After that, we have a we have a suite of what we call as lo- work-based learning, Scottish vocational qualifications, and also modern apprenticeships that are are available up into your fifties that are fully funded to the the business now. As I said at the start, I'm not here to sell anything. What I'm here to do is help businesses get the funding to allow them to access the training without having to take on any financial burden. In terms of like modern apprenticeships and Scottish vocational qualifications, you know, again, we have professional cookery, we have hospitality supervision, we have hospitality, we have retail services, we have warehousing and logistics, all very pertinent to the sector and needed. And retail and customer service is one that I'm, I'm, I'm very big on because I think there's a big opportunity there. Simply to say to the businesses, this is a great time to, to retain your staff, invest in your staff. I'm, I'm going to get the funding for you. It's not going to cost you anything, but by investing in them, the chances are that they're more likely to stay with you. Because, you know, obviously the, the examples I was given last summer are somebody finishing on a Friday and moving to the pub across the street in Portree because they were paying an extra 75 pence an hour and a pound an hour. Uh, it was just horrendous. So I, I, I'm hoping that the the hook will be that, you know, if we can invest, get them to invest in their staff, 
then that'll help to retain them. And a lot of employers have gone uh, that extra mile, I guess, in, in terms of the terms that they're prepared to offer. I've spoken about accommodation, but uh, you know they're all paying well above the the living wage by by and large. Um, so, if they can get some additional support from the the likes of you, it's it's, it's a win win for for everybody. I, I think there's a lot of myths and legends, for want of a better uh, phrase, about the type of funding that's available and the impact on the employer, but. I'll be very clear to every employer and everybody I'm going to be talking to in a couple of weeks' time, you know, I will show and where the funding is and how much is involved and what we can do with it. And I'll show the two or three different funding streams that are currently available. I will manage the expectation of the business about what we can do and can't do and get them to understand as best I can. But the main thing is I am in a position to actually fund training for them right now and pay for that training trainings to upskill existing staff, Simon. It genuinely is to coin the phrase, free money. Do you think many businesses are actually uh, aware of that at all? Do they still have this mindset of, well, I could take on an apprentice, but it's going to cost me, and they might not stick yeah. around? Yeah. It's easy when you're working with a, a larger organisation that has an HR department, and I can work with the HR manager, and we do all the paperwork, and that's fine, but as you come down the scale to make sure everybody there's equity and everybody can access this funding, we, the college, take on the role of the HR department. We do all the paperwork and present it to the customer. Let them check it, and if they're happy, they sign it off. I do all the legwork, for want of a better word, because there's there's no point of going to a, a, a busy a busy guest house that's wanting to train their staff and say, please fill out these 15 pages in application to get this funding, because I'll, I'd be waiting this time next year. So... I'm quite happy to do all that legwork and the businesses are hearing this from me and it helps build up a wee bit of trust between the college and the business that we we are there to support them. I guess one of the difficulties there, though, would be that different businesses are looking for different personalities to fill that, especially front-of-house hospitality role. Is that something where you've got to invest an awful lot of time getting to understand the business model first? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've got to get to know the business. It's not just a, me coming in, we do the forms and, and walk away. What I'm what I'm looking to do is to develop a relationship between myself, myself, the business, and the college for the, the the years to come. So is that whenever that business needs something, the first place they think about will be coming to West Island College. And if the college doesn't offer that training and can't offer that training or support, you can be a and that business will be assured that we will signpost to somebody or an organisation that can. Again, we're doing that. We want to do that legwork for the business. You know, take on that. You know, take away that onerous task of trying to find something. You know, you know, example. Uh, I'm trying to think of one hospitality related, but I've an easy one because I've just done it, and it's a brace of wheel training, uh, a, a small garage, who on the mainland, very close to Sky, is needing a brace of wheel training and can't get it locally. So by chance they were given my number and I was yeah no problem I knew somebody else that was needing it so I've, I've got them I've got a company coming up to deliver that training I will say on this occasion there is a cost to the business but they're quite happy to get it because they're getting the training delivered on their own premises and the staff doesn't need don't need to go go away so at least if they're paying they're not having to play traveling subsistence and lose the staff for, for three or four days so it's really again I'm just trying to emphasize I'm happy to do that legwork for the business and, you know, I've got an admin team behind me that support me. So if 100 businesses looked for something, I wouldn't be spending all day on the phone taking notes. 
what's vital is, is not the now and the short term, it's that it's that long term commitment the college has to the island. And that we, we need the, the business community to see to see that we're here we're here for the whole community. The, the college is here to support to support its community. So that that's the that's why we need to have that level of conversation. So when did the further education sector embark on on this new approach because i mean and i'm putting this pretty bluntly and i'm sure it's not um as stark as that but yeah you know, a lot of people imagine that the role of further education was to take uh, um students out of school put them through courses uh give them a bit of paper at the end of the day and hopefully get them into some form of employment but you 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 are now almost taking on the the role of an employment agency yeah, well, in a sense, you could call it an employment agency. I, I still prefer the HR side of things because you're you're doing that piece of work. But of course, we have full time courses, and what we are doing, looking to do, is, is to build that skilled workforce of the future. So there will always be the full time the the individuals that are adults want to come back in or, or retrain or young people leaving school, whatever the background. We will still offer those full time courses, but I think. In the next decade or so, I think those courses will change and they'll be more and more associated with the workplace. I, th- I think the connectivity will begin to grow. If you if you look at Scottish Government's own plans and you look at their initiatives, everything's being centred about tailoring education and employability a lot closer and, and work, working with the business sector. So any businesses listening to this and thinking, wow, I didn't realise that service was out there and that funding might be available, how do they get in touch with you so that uh, Nigel comes knocking on their business door? Well, as I said, Simon, I'm up knocking on a lot of doors in two weeks' time. Uh, I think we've got around about 30, 30 meetings booked. But that's really to try and spread the word simultaneously as fast as we can. Quite simply, to contact the college, contact any of the local centres. You know, my email is, is uh, will be on the Sky Connect website. But even if it's a simple conversation, you know, get in touch with me. You know, there's no there's no question too daft for me. I'm quite happy to, to you know to canvas any questions from any business. You know, and I'd, I really wouldn't like to think that any business think, well, I'm not I'm not dealing with them because I don't think West Highland College can do that. Let, let us be the judge of that because that's what we're here for. We want to help local businesses grow. We want to help them survive. They've got through, you know, the, the many winters we've had in the past couple of years between the pandemic and, and Brexit. So the, the college is here to support businesses and encourage growth and not upskill staff. So those businesses out there who have had the struggle this year and have had to reduce hours, reduce number of days of operation, and might be sitting there thinking, oh, what's the season of 2022 going to be like? Would you give them cause for optimism that you can help to plug those gaps? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think we'll be in a much, a much better place. You know, for the reasons we listed there, I think, uh, you know, as the education sector is returning to the new normal, I think you know you you will get uh, you you will get staff over the summer months. The students will, will be back out there looking for work. But I think in these shoulder months, it's coming up just now through till next week. April, I think, is a great opportunity to invest in upskilling your existing staff and get that training done just now. You know, a bit of the Carpedium sees the moment, but I, I don't think it'll be quite as bleak as this year. And certainly, the, the suggestions are that there is there is huge recovery, if not signs. That's wonderful. Great news. Thank you very much for your time, Nigel Patterson from West Highland College. Yes, Simon. Thank you. 
And that's all for this edition of the Skytime Podcast. Please get in touch if you have a story for the podcast or if you'd like to sponsor an episode. Until then, stay safe. Aikivar. Aikivar.